Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 28, The Refusal. This is part two of a three-part telling. When they walked through the sliding doors into the hospital, they stood looking around in a daze. Every nurse, every doctor knew who they were, knew about the not-dead girl. Terry's parents were directed to their daughter's room. Alice broke down when she saw Terry lying in the hospital bed, nearly as white as the sheets, but alive. Crying, Allison ran into the room. She sat and held Terry's hand. From that point on, she didn't leave Terry's side. Terry remained asleep for seven days, her eyes darting back and forth violently under her lids as if she was watching something terrible or reading something horrible. Doctors came and went, each offered their reassurances, each time becoming less reassuring. They ran tests and more. The tests they completed were inconclusive, always inconclusive. All they could say was she was healthy with no reason for her to be in a coma. Then one afternoon she woke. Her mother was sitting by her when Terry opened her eyes. The first thing she saw was a square tiled ceiling. It confused her, it didn't make sense. Beside her, mother yelped in surprise and excitement. Terry looked toward her. She didn't know who this woman was, just a woman crying for no reason. Then a name filtered into Terry's mind. Alice, this is Alice, she thought. For some reason, that made her smile, and the woman named Alice exploded into more tears and started yelling. The small room was very quickly filled with people touching, talking, and crying. Terry watched it all, bewildered. Her parents were so happy. They had their daughter back, and after spending a week believing she was dead, then another week watching her sleep, not knowing if she would ever wake up. They thanked the doctors, Jack shaking everyone's hands. The doctors smiled, still completely baffled, but happy to have the problem solved and the mystery out of their hands. Her parents took Terry home happy to have their daughter home safe and alive. Terry sat in the back seat of the car, looking around. She knew these smiling people, knew their names, knew who they were to her, but somehow she couldn't feel it. She could not touch the part of her that loved them. She was sure she loved them. They were her parents, so she must love them. Her mother, Alice, leaned over the back seat and talked non-stop. She kept reaching back to touch Terry as if to make sure she was real. Terry watched her mother. For all her happiness of having Terry back, there was something under the surface, a tension around her eyes, a tightness that Terry didn't understand. Terry thought back to what she could remember of her mom. She knew things hadn't been great. She thought back over the last few weeks. They had fought. Terry had said things she wished she could take back. Even now, as disconnected as she was, she knew she had been cruel. Her dad, Jack, was quiet, maybe quieter than usual. 
He just drove, occasionally glancing in the mirror at Terry. She couldn't read him. She hadn't been close to him. He was a presence in her life, of course. He was cold, distant, a solid man-shaped object that moved through the edges of her life. They pulled into the yard. Her dad shut off the car. He sat for a minute holding the steering wheel in both hands. Then he got out and walked to the garage without saying a word. Alice continued chatting, not noticing. She never noticed. She led Terry to the house, smiling and talking. Terry felt a stirring of a feeling she recognized. It was distant, buried deep, but it was strong. It was something she had felt for a long time. It was somewhere between anger and disgust. She wasn't sure where to point it, but it was there. Terry and her mom walked into the house, Terry recognizing everything, all the while feeling disconnected from it. Terry went upstairs to her room and looked around. She could find no connection to it. It felt like it belonged to someone else, someone she knew very well, someone she had spent a lot of time with, someone she was close to, but not her. The photos scattered about of her friends and her laughing. She remembered the moments, but they were like scenes from a movie that she had watched a long time ago. The young, naive girl that had lived in this room, who had read and dreamed of a life, was gone. Terry was no longer a child. Her mom hovered in the doorway behind her, her anxiety and tension radiating off her in waves. After weeks of unbelievable pain, after being told her daughter was dead, then that she was, in fact, not dead, left her in a state of confusion, not sure how to proceed, not really knowing what was real. Terry turned to her mom and smiled weakly. I'm tired. Of course, dear, of course. We'll leave you be. Dinner at six? Her mother asked. Um, yeah, sure. We're just so happy to have you home safe her mom said. She hugged Terry, then started to cry as she turned and left the room, closing the door behind her. Terry looked at the closed door. She knew she should be sad for her mom, knew it was her fault they were so sad, but she couldn't feel it, not really. Terry turned and regarded her room. She went and sat on her bed. She considered her bookcase with her books and treasures. There was something else different, something she couldn't put a finger on. She looked at the books, and each one she had read and loved, but one stood out. It was an old black book with a torn spine and faded gold letters. She had bought it recently in a junk store in the city when she and her mom had gone to town on some errand. They had been walking along when Terry had glanced into the shop window and saw a stack of old books. One of the books seemed to call to her. She couldn't have explained it, but there was something. She had left her mum to run her errand and went in to buy the book. The spine of the book read, Spells and Incantations for the Modern Wicca. She slid it out from under another book. It was old and nearly falling apart. The pages were brown with a dry, brittle feel and many were loose, but it was perfect. It cost all her babysitting money. When she showed it to her mum, she got a heavy sigh and an eye roll but it didn't diminish the excitement. In her room, she rose from her bed and took a step forward, looking at the book. What was it? It was just a black spine, but it stood out. Suddenly, she realized why. 
She looked around the room, the comprehension sweeping over her. There was almost no color in anything. Everything was almost black and white. She looked back at the book. It was a black-covered book, but it had color. She pulled it from the shelf. This is where she found the incantation to draw power from the goddess. She now knew it had been a lie. It was just a trap to draw naive people to the judge and make them his servants. Oh, she said as the memory of the young cop's surprised face came to her. The young cop she took from. He hadn't been much older than she was. She had killed him, that was clear. She had felt him as she took from him. She had felt everything he was, had been. She had felt him enter her. She had taken his everything. She felt the horror and remembered the feeling of his terror, his confusion, as he slipped away. She cried. She could, would never do that again. She would never let herself be that monster that had taken, never again. She would never be a tool for the judge. She felt anger grow in her, a nugget of molten heat. She felt her fingers tingle with anger, and she felt something else. The book... Not only was it in color, in a mostly black and white world, but it was also warm. No, she thought, not warm, something else. She held the book in two hands, and as she did, the warmth spread from it to her hands, upper wrists, upper arms, till it reached her chest. A soft moan came from her lips as the warmth that was not warmth spread through her. The color came back into the world. Not vibrant color, but some color. She looked around the room and smiled at the color in all things. She realized she was no longer tired. Just seconds ago, she had been ready to lay down and sleep. Now she was wide awake, as if she had woken from a good night's sleep. She walked over the desk, sat, and opened the book. In many ways, it was a book of recipes, not for cooking, but for preparing to cast small incantations that were mostly just stylized prayers. When she had first brought the book home, she had been disappointed. She had started reading the pages and found nothing in the book that looked like what she was hoping for. She wanted it to give her power, so she would not feel so powerless. She was tired of being ignored at school. She was tired of feeling that she didn't matter, and she was just another angry teen, another suicide waiting to happen. She had nearly thrown the book out after reading a few pages, looking for answers, and finding only wandering, vague text talking about the love of the goddess and earth. It was so frustrating. But she didn't, and then she found the incantation that seemed to say it would bring power. She read the incantation and reread it. It did seem to have a call, an actual call to bring on power. Then she had the idea to chant at the crossroads. She knew there was power there. She wasn't going there to call the judge. She was going to call his opposite. She had watched a late-night horror movie about witches, and they'd always seem to do their magic in the nude. So she would, too. That seemed appropriate. Bury yourself to the goddess to receive her blessing, her power. Now, as she sat at her desk holding the book, feeling the warmth sliding into her, she, with the power in her, opened the pages with a different eye. 
Much of the book was just as she thought, worthless, just some writer's fantasy, but sprinkled in amongst the pages were little pieces of real wisdom, real magic. She was flipping the pages, enjoying the swirl of tiny vortexes of color as though each page, each letter, was covered with tiny colored dust. She turned a page, and the next page burst with color. It spilled out, swirling around the book and her fingers. Each letter danced with vibrant color that faded as she read the words. They stood out with color around them. These she read carefully, and as she did, they faded from the book. Panicked, she watched the beautiful colors fade, leaving age-stained paper blank and diminished. She stopped reading, looked back at the blank pages. The words were still there as barely legible faded marks. But as she stared at the marks, she smiled as the words returned. Not as colorful as when she first read them. They did come back and then faded again as soon as she looked away from them. Cautiously at first, she continued reading. She lost time to the book until she heard her mother call from downstairs that supper was ready. Terry looked up, surprised. It was dark outside. She had read the day away. She closed the book and laid her hands on top of the tired cover. She closed her eyes and felt the words inside the book. She could see them in her mind, read them. The colors swirled inside her mind. She pulled them from the book into herself. All the words she hadn't yet read flooded into her mind, filling it. She felt that strange warmth fill her. She felt electrified. She vibrated with power she did not recognize, but somehow did. She walked downstairs, filled with power. She imagined herself surrounded with warmth and color. Well, you look better, Terry's mom said as she looked up. There was real surprise on her face. She looked at Terry, then at Terry's father, then back. Are you hungry, dear? Terry thought for a minute and realized she was. Yes, actually, I am, she replied. Terry sat at the table at her spot without thinking. Her dad pulled out his chair and sat, watching Terry warily. I made your favorite, Terry's mom said. The pride rested uneasily on her face. Terry couldn't remember what that could be. She smiled and waited to be told. My famous mac and cheese. Ah, yes, that's great, Terry said as her mom put a large casserole dish down on the wooden table. She didn't say anything. Terry's father looked less than happy. He sat in his chair with a sour look on his face. Terry smiled, unsure what to say. She vaguely remembered thinking this had been her favorite when she was little, maybe six. But she was sure it hadn't been recently. She smiled at her mom. Great! Her mom leaned in and gave her a sideways hug, tears filling her eyes. Terry reached up and touched her mom's arm. A spark leapt from her arm to Terry's finger. Terry's mum yelped and pulled away, rubbing her arm. Terry felt a jolt run up her arm and felt the power she had pulled from her mum. Her mum sat heavily, mumbling about static electricity. They ate in silence. As soon as she was finished, Terry stood, took her plate to the sink and said, I'm still feeling very tired. Of course, sweetie. I feel pretty tired as well. It's been a difficult week. You go to bed and get a good night's sleep. I think I'll leave the dishes till tomorrow, Terry's mum said, looking at the dishes. She shrugged and went to stand. She sat back down. Oh, I must have stood up too fast. 
Terry looked at her, worried. Oh, I'm okay, Alice stood, brushing her apron with both hands. I'm just fine, just a bit dizzy. You go to bed, sweetie. She leaned forward and kissed Terry on the cheek. Terry braced slightly, expecting a shock that didn't happen. Okay. Night, Mum. Night, Dad, Terry said and went up to her room. She heard her father grunt. Her room was full of color. It had been so hard to pretend to be tired. She felt so full, full of color and energy, so full she was nearly vibrating. She looked around the room. Each object had multiple colors, like rainbows radiating outward. Some pulsed, some shimmered like heat haze. Each was distinct and separate while being part of a whole. She moved around the room, her fingers lightly touching each object, feeling the different of each, feeling the various vibrations each object gave off. Some were just passive objects that sat quietly, while others seemed to hold more, seemed to almost want to talk to tell their story, their reason for existence and their place. At these she paused, lingering to allow their stories to unfold. She moved on as the next object called out to her, until she had circled her room and arrived at her bookcase. The books held the brightest colors. Slowly she touched each book in turn, and each book told its truth. Many held very little, only a shadow of a story. Others held more, more story, more truth, but none shone as bright as the books she had found in the junk store in town. She smiled. She knew its truths. She turned from the bookcase, and her eyes caught a small succulent her best friend Kelly had given her. It pulsed differently than the things in her room. There were little threads of sparkling colored light leading off into the air. She reached forward and touched the rough green surface. Instantly, the colored threads curled and spiraled around her wrist and her arm. A warmth slid into her fingertips. She felt it flowing into her. It felt amazing. Her head folded back as her eyes closed. She could taste the life, green and moist. It burst into her mind, in her mouth, in her body. Then the texture changed. It darkened to a soot texture, an ashy taste. Her head came forward and her eyes popped open. She looked at the tiny succulent. It was brown, with blackened edges. It was dead. She felt the death, tasted the dark. She pulled her hand back slowly, staring at the plant she had killed. She thought of her mother and the spark that had passed between them. She could still feel the texture of the power she took from her mother. She recognized it now that she knew what it was. She understood its nuance. The power was what made her mother. She could feel her fear, her sadness, her anger, frustration, and her hopes. Terry knew her mum all her life, but never the whole of her, the complete human that was her mother. Now she realized she did. That small spark opened Terry's mother like a book to Terry. She loved her more than she ever had before. Now she knew teenage Alice's pain and isolation. Terry felt every heartbreak, every triumph, every kindness, every cruelty. She heard her every happiness and her every sadness. As she let her mother's life, Alice's life, wash over her, she suddenly knew older Alice's loss. There had been a baby before Terry. Before Jack, a baby lost, given away, a mistake. Terry cried. She sat and felt her mother.
she wasn't sure how long she sat on the edge of her bed. It was dark out when she looked up. She stood and listened to the quiet house. Her parents were asleep. The house was asleep. She walked slowly down the steps and stood in the kitchen. Here some objects called to her. Some spoke to her in her mother's voice, an inner voice Terry now recognized. She walked from the house out across the porch and stepped onto the grass. She was barefooted and her body electrified as the green life flooded up her legs. At first, it was unbelievable. It rushed up her body, power flowing through her limbs, pulsing out down her arms to her fingertips, then returning. But then it became too much. It overwhelmed her. She struggled to return to the steps. She was falling. She fell backwards, landing on her back. She was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Where her bare skin touched the grass, the power started moving into her. It burned her. She writhed on the ground. She felt the grass, felt the mass of life, felt it further down. She could feel the thousands of small creatures that teemed in and below the grass. And then she went still. She felt something else. Below the grass and the weeds, below the insects and bugs and worms, was something else, something larger. As she opened herself to it, she realized what it was, and the power there terrified her. It was the Earth. It was the One, the power she had originally sought. She felt its massive weight. She had only glimpsed the smallest fraction of it. It was the beginning and the ending. It was the source. She knew this power here. It was the same she carried only what she had was only the smallest fragment, the tiniest sliver. It was far beyond her. If she touched it, it would consume her. She could feel the power was not for her, not for any mortal being to touch directly. Inside her, she felt the power sing to the power below her. If she touched that power, what made her her would cease to be. She would become part of the world power, no longer Terry. She shrank from it. Gasping, she sucked in the night air and breathed out. As her breath touched the night air, she understood the warmth was tied to her breath. She found she could control the flow of her power. She didn't have to suck from everything she touched. She could stop the flow, even reverse it. She pulled back from the power that was so immense, pulled back from the myriad of tiny powers, pulled back from the grass and breathed. Slowly she stood. She could feel the power beneath her, but it was no longer flowing into her. It was just there. She felt alive, like she had never felt. She walked on the grass, listening to its story. Her fingertips brushed a small bush, and its story sang to her. She walked to a line of trees that marked the edge of her family's home. Her fingers reached out, and she rejoiced in the trees' songs. She stood there, her fingers touching the leaves, until morning rose and spread warmth across the lawn, and she felt the song of the trees of the grass change to welcome the sun and its life-giving warmth. When she returned to the house, her mother was up sitting in the kitchen table drinking coffee in her robe. She looked tired, with dark circles under her eyes. She looked up at Terry and smiled. 
Good morning, Terry. Just give me a minute and I'll make you some breakfast, she said. Oh, no rush. I'm fine, Terry said. She walked behind her mom, her fingers lightly touching her mom's shoulders, and she returned the energy she had stolen the night before. She returned it, plus a little what she had taken from the grass outside. Immediately, her mother straightened in her chair, and the dark circles faded. The light in her eyes brightened. A tired weight lifted from her. See? All I needed was a sit-down and a coffee. Terry smiled as her father came in looking for a coffee. You both are looking better, Jack grunted. Coffee? I hope you've enjoyed The Refusal Part 2. Tune in next week for the conclusion of The Refusal. Music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shining side up.